Hey friends, and welcome back to the Faith and Freedom Podcast, the American Revolution series. Today's episode is about independence. In April 1776, the Continental Congress announced that American ports were open to ships of all nations except Great Britain. The colonists, with fewer than a dozen ships, had no real naval power to enforce the act, but the announcement served as a grand snub to Britain. The colonists were becoming bolder and gradually moving toward a complete separation from their British keepers. In May, Richard Henry Lee, a delegate from Virginia, insisted these united colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states. The Congress set up a committee of five men, including Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and Benjamin Franklin, to draft a longer document. The Declaration of Independence put forth a rational or reason for the revolution and a new philosophy of government. Thomas Jefferson drafted the document by himself, basing it on the principles of the English philosopher John Locke. Congress was not completely pleased with Jefferson's work, making it a total of 84 changes. Jefferson himself considered the edits of his work deplorable, but the declaration was formally adopted on July 4th. With this open statement, the Congress was justifying the revolution to the world. As the American Revolution began to blaze, most of Europe was enjoying a time of peace. Unemployed European soldiers offered their services to both the English and the Americans. Benjamin Franklin went to France to drum up financial support and ended up enlisting many men to fight. The most famous Frenchman to join the American cause was the young Marquis de Lafayette. He arrived in Philadelphia with his own ship full of soldiers and volunteered to serve. He soon became a general on Washington's staff. Britain also employed foreign troops, mainly Hessian mercenaries. They were paid soldiers from Germany. Even before the Declaration of Independence was signed, the British sensed that the final break with the colonies was coming. They decided not to let the rebels get the upper hand. Under General William Howe's command, the British assembled a force of 30,000 soldiers and a huge fleet and headed to New York. General Howe opened his assault on New York City by landing on Long Island. The English outnumbered the Americans by more than two to one. Before the Americans knew what had happened, they were flanked by the British and nearly cut off. The Americans had to fall back to their fortifications in Brooklyn at the end of August. Thinking he had the Americans trapped, General Howe halted his redcoats in front of the American trenches. Washington, however, was not about to surrender his force. With no American Navy to come to his aid, the Virginia General nevertheless rounded up every small boat he could find 
in the midst of a raging thunderstorm, 9,500 men rode across the East River to the safety of the Manhattan shore. While the brilliant escape saved half of the American army, Washington lost the biggest American seaport to the British. On September 15th, the British attacked across the East River, driving Washington and his men into retreat. But the middle of December, Washington, with no more than 6,000 men, had fled to the Pennsylvania side of the Delaware River near Trenton, New Jersey. The British now occupied New York City. All of northern New Jersey and Newport, Rhode Island. General Howe left a small force in New Jersey to keep an eye on Washington's weary troops and settled in at Newport for the winter. Washington had not achieved one clear victory since he had taken command. He once counted an army of 20,000. Now he had barely 3,000 men under his command. Their enlistments would expire in a matter of days. Time was running out for Washington and the revolution. If every nerve is not strained to recruit the new army, I think the game is pretty near up, wrote General Washington. But fate was about to smile on George Washington. In late December, he received intelligence that the town of Trenton was being held by fewer than 1,500 Hessian troops. On the bitter cold Christmas night in 1776, the American army crossed the Delaware back into New Jersey. Chunks of ice choked the frigid waters. None of the Americans were prepared for the bitter weather. Few, if any, had winter uniforms. Arriving on shore, the troops were frozen and exhausted. But the journey was far from over, covering nine miles in the early morning hours. The American army marched through the snow with their feet tied in rags, leaving a trail of bloody footprints. Though they arrived too late to attack at dawn, Washington's army managed to surprise the Hessian troops in Trenton. who were still asleep after a festive Christmas celebration. The fighting was over in just an hour, and almost a thousand Hessian soldiers were taken prisoner. The very next day, Washington's forces pulled off yet another surprise victory at Princeton. Thank you.